All right, we're back here in Atlanta on the fan in New York, and we welcome in the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, off the Blank. Uh, Mr. Blank, how are you? Good to see you. How's everything? I'm great, Mike. Thanks. My Thank pleasure. You. Yeah, good to, good to be on again. Flushing, uh, <coughs> uh, from uh, a That's, flushing boy made good, yeah, as a matter right. of when fact. When I talk to you, I That's feel it. like I'm back home again. You are. Yeah. yeah. You are, and obviously, yeah. uh, you know what? Uh, you're always a little bit of home, as a matter of fact. You can't take that out of, out of, out of the guy. And we're in your town, and... Hearing great things about your building, which I've yet to be in, but I keep hearing wonderful things. Now they keep they keep hinting about the idea that it might be 60, and they could have the roof open. What's the determining factor on the roof? Obviously, rain would kill it, but otherwise, it, yeah, they got well, a good chance to keep it open this well, Sunday. Well, I, I think you know that's obviously a decision that the NFL will make, right. the commissioner will make, actually. Um, you know, we'd love an opportunity to. It's a very iconic roof. It opens right. and closes in eight minutes. Eight and, minutes, huh? Yeah, it's magnificent. Wow. So. Uh, our hope is that they'll elect to do something with the roof that'll show off the beauty of the design and the construction. So keep our fingers crossed, and I think the fans in the building and the fans, over 100 million fans watching the game will enjoy it as well. Yeah, uh, everyone raves about the building. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, how about the franchise first? Uh, you know, everyone knows you're here a couple of years ago. 28-3 lead. Uh, it's two years removed from that. Has the franchise gotten past that game? Has it? Yeah, has yeah. it gotten um, past it? Yeah. Well, if you you know, as you well know, Mike, and our listeners well know, is that if you don't get over the game from the preceding Sunday, you're not going to play successfully the following week. So that's two years ago. I mean, we we understand. I mean, it's 28-3, and we weren't able to close it out the way we had anticipated. We've learned from that experience. Uh, we made the playoffs the following year. This year was an off year. We had a lot of injuries, like a lot of clubs do, and weren't exactly where we needed to be. We made some changes with our coordinators, and head coach is, uh, is a great leader and, and, uh, and a great coach, and he'll be calling defensive plays again for us this year. Last time he did that was in 16 when we went to the Super Bowl. So. Um, you know, I like where we are. We'll continue to get better with free agency in the draft, but we've got a great team and a great quarterback. Um, the city of Atlanta, as far it's been 19 years since they, they, right. they, they've hosted this game. Way uh, too long. It, way too long, as right. a matter of fact. And this city's grown a lot, hasn't it? I mean, it as has. a football yeah. city, it's grown a lot. It's become a very, very big city in a lot of different ways. It has. When I moved here in 1979, when I co-founded the Home Depot, there were less than a million people living in the city. Now there are about 7 million living in the city, so it's grown tremendously. And uh, in the 19 years since the Super Bowl was here in the year 2000, uh, uh, when the Rams played here, at that time Rams and Titans played here, um, you know, all these magnificent venues downtown, not only our stadium, which is iconic and unique, I think, in the sports entertainment complex throughout the United States, if not the world, you've got the largest aquarium in the country today, you've got the National Civil and Human Rights Museum, the World of Coke, Children's Museum, College Hall of Fame, all of within a short walking distance. One of the beauties as well is the, the walkability of all the events for the NFL. The NFL has 15 official events that they sponsor. Uh, 13 of the 15 are within several block walk of each other. So it's a major, major plus. And you have a, the MARTA system's a very good system, right? You, you can move people to the game very easily, right? We do. We, uh, uh, we actually lead the NFL in terms of public transportation, guest attending. We have about 35% of our guests come for, whether it be for NFL games, to soccer, or concerts, whatever, come by public transportation. And interestingly, they rank that as the most preferred way to come and go in terms of the stadium. So they have a good experience on public transportation. It's not just you know, getting there easily, but they have a good experience on it as well. As someone who is a big part of the game being here, what's the, what's the toughest part of a city 
putting on a Super Bowl? I, I mean, it would seem yeah. to me security would be number one. Right. Is, is that number one? Well, you always you, have, you can't assume security is going to be perfect. You got to make sure it's perfect. And in 2017, uh, the NFL ranked our security in our stadium as being the number one in the NFL. Okay. And obviously, it's gotten better in 18 and continues on. And security for the for this Super Bowl has been incredible. Working in partnership with all of the government agencies, federal agencies, state agencies, city agencies as well. So um, you know, we know the building is going to be secure. Um, you know, the, the biggest challenge is that you want to make sure log logistically that everybody feels like this is their welcome home, if you will. Expression we use for fans and guests and customers in our building. I uh, want to make sure everybody feels that way. From the time they get off their plane at the airport to the time they come downtown, and 10,000 rooms within walking distance and uh, 300 restaurants within walking distance, all of those things make people feel this is a comfortable place to be, an easy place to be. And the weather this week couldn't be, more, couldn't be better than it, than it is. So uh, we're, we're thrilled to have everybody here. And you, you do some nice things with your fans on a, on a weekly basis. We're talking, of course, with Falcon on Arthur Bank. You... you Keep the prices down inside the building for, right. you, for your, well, we for your families yeah. and for you. We, we for do. People, we don't right? just keep them down, but we move from the Georgia Dome over to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We cut our prices by 50% That's half good. across the board on every single product or drink, whatever it may be. And the result of that was in you know the year before we left and came to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we were ranked 14, 15 in the league. For the last two years, we've been ranked number one by the National Football League and by our fans in terms of fan experience. And that's not only the welcome home atmosphere and the staffing, the 5,000 associates we have, but it's the food and beverage pricing, which really, uh, and the quality of the food and the quality of the service, that's a way to show fans that we appreciate what they give us. They give us their time, their energy, their passion, their financial resources, and we need, as an organization, and I think as a league, we need to find more and more ways to say thank you, <coughs> excuse me, thank you to our fans. The controversy this year with the game and the officiating where do you where do you come down as we get ready this when you get the competition committee and you yep. guys meet in march where right. do you come down as an owner uh, on this thing well I, I think you know what the commissioner said <clears throat> excuse me this morning what i think was very important and that is that you know the league at the end of the year um throughout the year actually but at the end of the year certainly look at every single play regular season postseason um and uh, how do we improve the integrity of the game if there's a way to do it. So obviously the call in New Orleans was a was a bad call, it was a missed call, etc. Uh, you can't go back and replay the game. There's a lot of things that going into a team winning or losing, but um, the, the competition committee, which is chaired by our, our president and CEO, Rich McKay, right. is made up of owners and general managers, retired players, coaches. Uh, they'll be looking at every aspect of our play throughout the year, including examples like that. How do we get it better? How do we get more consistent? Officials do a great job, but how do we make sure we don't have those kinds of uh, human judgment errors in the future? It's a human game. You have players and coaches and, and officials that are all humans, and they do make mistakes, but you really want to have a way to avoid that and have the implications to our fans in New Orleans that ha happen for them. Interesting time uh, in team ownership now. Uh, technology becomes a big part. Right. You have... All the states as they get on board with with gambling now, right. uh, one after another, uh, challenge of 
giving people a reason to come to the game rather than being in the right. comfort of their home. Right. How about those things, address, addressing that? You're a very forward-thinking owner. You're yeah. a guy who's had tremendous success in your life as a business leader with Home Depot, as everyone knows. Uh, how about the challenges of ownership going forward with those things, gambling, technology, all the different things that well, are going to be Well, I think in terms you? of you know, technology and gambling, uh, we, we need to continue to be on the leading edge, understanding what our fans are looking for understanding ways that we can respond to them that are compatible with the values of the NFL compatible with the values of our of our citizens uh, nationally and by state uh, understand that we have to find a comfortable place for everybody um, technology is an emerging is an important part of where the league is today both in terms of the game how it's put on in terms of how it's officiated etc and I think we have to find ways, like our food and beverage concession pricing, to bring fans into the stadiums and arenas, not just in Atlanta, but really throughout the United States, uh, that ways to say thank you to the fans for their time and their passion, their energy and their resources. And I think that uh, the beauty of what we've done in Atlanta is great for Atlanta, but we have over 15 organizations, teams in the NFL, teams in baseball, teams in college football, and some institutional structures that have now followed that example and are following it. So we're, we're excited about being there. And, and what, is, what is the most important thing you try to stress with your organization with that, as far as the relationship with the fan? Well, I think we always have to <clears throat> understand that, you know, without the fans, we have 22 young men playing Sandlot football. So we have to find ways to support the fans, understand the fans, give them the value for their time, their energy, all the things I mentioned earlier. Um, and we're doing that, you know, in Atlanta, in terms of the amenities, building design, construction, and all the services, and also caring about community. We're heavily involved in the west side uh, redevelopment plans directly across the street from our stadium, which is where Dr. King was born and raised a quarter mile from where we're sitting right now. Um, and so we're committed to you know, making a difference in the communities as well. That's important to our fans. Understand that we're not just about you know producing revenue and bottom line, but we're interested in the fan experience in the building and understanding the community commitment on the outside of the building. And you've run a lot of different. I mean, your building's been very active. I mean, you've played a lot of big games there. We, we have. We've seen everything been played there. Right. Anyone who watches all the different sports knows a lot of big college football games, a lot of big events. Right. There. Yours is a very active building. It is. We're the first time in the history of the United States where we've had one stadium, ours in this case host the college national championship game last year, the Super Bowl this year, and the Final Four next year. We've had you know many concerts. We've had over five million guests come through the building in a year and a half. And and uh, as I said, whether it be NFL or Major League Soccer, the fans that are in that building vote as number one fan experience of any competing team in either of those leagues. And and that says to me that we're doing the right things. We're listening to our fans. We're honoring them. We're celebrating them. We're doing the right things for them, and we'll continue to find ways to uh, to do that. You, you uh, what are you most proud of of that building? What what part of that building is the? What, what's the thing you like most about that? Well, building? in terms of the structure itself, I think when you see the roof, it's magnificent. Opening, closing in eight minutes. I think when you uh, see the Halo scoreboard, which is 360 degrees, 1,100 feet around, uh, I think that's incredible. Uh, the artwork in the building is incredible. The fact that it's lead uh, platinum certification the first stadium in the united states and probably the last one will ever be lead certification at that level so we've touched on all the bases not just how it looks but how it feels and what it stands for i think in terms of the fan experience how about uh when was the last year you were, uh, how active are you as far as new york goes are you in new york a lot do you go to new york a lot i do uh a lot of our league meetings are in new york right. and uh, so i'm there a great deal and you know as a 
New Yorker for... When did you leave New York? No, Lordy. Uh, I left physically in New York when I was 20, 21 years old. But emotionally, you never leave New York. Gotcha. I mean, you're always connected to New York. There's always a part of me. I've been in Atlanta for 40 years, but New York is always a significant part of my home. So you've been an Atlanta native for, for all that time? Right, right. I moved here in 1978, uh, started Home Depot in 79. Okay, so I, I didn't realize you were already in Atlanta at that time. Okay, so you've yeah. been here all those years. You've yeah. seen Atlanta grow from when it was this really small town and a college football right. town right. into this town. I mean, in the beginning, people, all they knew about the Atlanta Falcons was Tommy Novus back in the old days. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. God, God bless Tommy. The yes. first player drafted by us in 1966, a great human great being. Player. Great, great player. Great player, great human being, um, great family. Um, but, you know, Atlanta has grown a great deal, and I think college sports is still very important here, but, you know, the Braves had a great year last year. Atlanta United, our soccer team, uh, won the MLS Cup last year, and we hold the uh, 10 most attended uh, games in the history of Major League Soccer, which is, again, a tribute to our focus on our fans and our supporters. Is it tougher to run a <coughs> Fortune 500 company or run an NFL team? Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, when we announced we were going to buy the team, um, I was in New York having my owner orientation, and Commissioner Tagliabue said to me, there's a guy here from New England, you ought to just have breakfast with him, Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots. So I did that, and, you know, and, and Robert's advice to me, he's counseling me, and he's, be, he's become like a, you know, a brother to me, and I, and I love Robert and from a business standpoint, a personal standpoint as well. But he said, you know, all the values that you put in place to build, you know, number two retailer in the world, Home Depot, when you left, and, you know, yep. 20, after 23 years there, put those same values in place. The one thing you can find is different is the public relations. So I said to my Robert, I said, you know, we started the company from scratch. We went public in 81. We had to deal with New York Stock Exchange, public ownership, institutions, etc. I mean, how tough can it be? He just looked at me and winked. Sometimes you do that with a child. Yeah. When the child is not going to understand really what you're saying, they're just like, you know, okay, Dad. Um, so I, um, you know, I, I've learned that that part of it is different. The public aspect of it is different. And I really feel in my heart that I'm a custodian, a steward for the public. So tough decisions that I have to make periodically, uh, which are difficult or the coach has to make, um, are made in that light, is that our greatest obligation really is to our fans uh, and how to put together the best organization, the best winning organization, both on the field and off the field as well. I think there's different reasons people, you guys as very successful businessmen uh, buy teams. Maybe as an investment, maybe to become famous, maybe because civically for a certain city. What was your reason? What was the, what, what drew you to the league? Well, I, you know, what drew me to the league was really funny. I was a season ticket holder, I had club season tickets, and um, when I retired from HD in 2001, you know, I said to myself, uh, and actually the commissioner told me we were in the process of buying the team that you realize the Falcons have never had back-to-back -back winning seasons and I said well Paul and Paul was the smartest guy in the room not because he said it because he just was and uh, I said Paul can that that can't be correct so I went back and checked and it was correct and I as a fan had felt that way so I said to myself I, I could either stay on the sidelines and complain for another 20 30 years to try to buy the team and fix it so um, we bought it and obviously uh, we've fixed a large part of it um, and the new stadium's a reflection of that. But our winning record has increased dramatically since we've owned the team in 2001. Coach Smith was a great coach for us. We had five winning seasons in a row with him, went to the playoffs a number of times. Um, coach Quinn now has been to the playoffs twice and Super Bowl once in four years. So, you know, I, I think we've instilled the right kind of leadership and the right kind of values that drive the right behavior towards our fans and towards our communities that we live in, we work in, we play in. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm proud of where we are, but we 
we always look for the next hurdle. I mean, how do we get better? Is it a, for you, uh, is it a family business? Will, you, will, it, will it stay a family business? Yeah. Do, do your kids like, the, I know you have a bunch of kids. They, do your kids I like do. the business? Yeah. yeah, I have six children, one of which my oldest or right. middle son is, is right here with me today. Um, so they, uh, you know, they all love the business, uh, uh, particularly my younger, my younger, we call it batch one and batch two. Batch right. one is my older one, batch two is my younger, yep. three, or three of each, and three boys, three girls, et cetera. And so it'll stay in the family? It will stay in the family, yes. That's good. I, I think that's good for the sport when that happens. It is I good do. for the sport. You know, I mean, I, I'm very close to John Mara, very close to the Rooney family. I mean, these families that have, you know, built the National Football League, um, and I've said this publicly on the floor when I've had meetings that, you know, we stand on the shoulders of some great leaders who always did the right things for the Shield and always did the right things for the league versus just what was in the right thing for their own club. And uh, John, obviously, who lives in New York and represents the Giants and Steve Tisch as well, um, as well as the Johnson family. But, I mean, particularly, you know, thinking back and how um, when I first joined the league, Wellington spent so much time with yes, me and gave me, yes. gave me some guidance, which was very important. Yeah, very good, man. And, and, and it's true because it's funny. You're in business, but you're also your partners. Your partners. We are partners. You compete I and mean, then you don't compete. But we, exactly. But we, we don't compete. Uh, we compete on Sunday for three hours and five or six minutes, whatever it is. Outside of that, there's no competition. And the beauty of this business, as opposed to my first life when I was running Home Depot, I didn't call Lowe's for answers. So in this, in, <laughs> in, in this business, um, and soccer business is the same way as well, is that you can call your partners and ask them a variety of things in terms of best practices, nuances, things they're doing extraordinarily well. That's how we built our great stadium, is that we visited every existing stadium uh, in, the, you know, in the NFL and outside of the NFL, some in Europe as well. And we learned from the great things people like Jerry Jones was doing in Dallas and his his great stadium and what do we do better and how do we do it better and and we'll do the same thing. I've done the same thing, you know, for Stan Kroenke and what they're doing in Los Angeles and we'll do the same thing for the Davis family when they finally build our stadium in Vegas. Yeah, that one in LA looks pretty good as it goes. It's gonna up. be great. Yeah, it well it's a great good. it's a great commitment by the Kroenke family and by Stan and, and uh stadium is gonna be magnificent. The whole three hundred acre project is gonna be magnificent. Well, listen, enjoy the week. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. going to be a fun week here. And good to see you as yeah. always. Congratulations. Good to see you. Good to you see look you. great. Thank, thank you very much. Thank Arthur you. Blank, the owner of the Falcons, back after this.